Welcome back to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim O'Malley with Tim Priester, Pete Sampson at Jack Freeman Studios, and we are, uh, interesting week. It's, Again? Uh, yeah, how, it, how, how do you mean? <laughs> there's, there's a little bit to talk about. No, I think, it, it, going forward, I think the, the firing of Brian Van Gorder has accomplished one thing going into the week. It has made Notre Dame fans more interested in tuning into this noon kickoff against Syracuse. I think that's fair to say. I mean, people want to see what this looks like, how much the defense can improve in seven days. Probably not very much. I mean, it's still the same guys out there. It it was interesting this week sort of trying to poke and prod the defensive players to tell us what the heck's going to happen. I don't really know how much they know. Uh, You know, sort of got into it with Drew Tranquil about know how much can you really change and he's like yeah it doesn't matter if we're playing three four or four three or like, okay that's interesting but i was more curious from can you cut out some of the checks can we see yeah. less chinese fire drill before plays than we have this season it sounds like that's maybe a possibility and i think that this week it would be a probability and even a smart thing to do because syracuse plays at such tempo I, I don't think Notre Dame fans will have seen anything like it short of like the Rich Rod, um, Denard Robinson. Uh, well, or teams. North Carolina from 2014. Yeah, I mean, from too. what, from what, uh, from watching them all week, I, I mean, their quarterback who his health is up in the air, although they do have a fairly experienced quarterback behind him. I mean, they, he kept, it's catch and throw, man. He, he gets the shotgun snap and he's get, getting rid of it. Uh, they run a lot of read option that they throw off of, which is always a really, really difficult thing to stop. So, you know, I mean, we've been kind of catching grief about our inability to accurately predict games. Man, we are. I mean, you're flipping coins this week. You don't know. You don't know exactly how the the defense is going to function. I certainly think that Mike Elston plays a huge role here uh, from up in the press box, and 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 the simplification of the defense, especially against his opponent. Heck. Duke would have been a much better opponent to be playing under these circumstances in Syracuse because of the fast pace. But, you know, if Notre Dame, I mean, I I saw a good portion of the Louisville game. If Notre Dame's defense provides confusion for Syracuse, they'll do a lot of check with me looking to the sideline and slow the pace down. But I wouldn't expect Notre Dame to be so diverse and complex defensively that that's going to happen a lot. Therefore, it's going to be a very, very fast pace. Yeah, and you make a, a good point about Elston. It, it probably got lost somewhere in our writings this week, but it just seems like he is actually going to be calling the plays this week for, with, with Greg Hudson on the sidelines. And, and I'm sure I'll, Hudson had plenty of input during the week. Or at least saying, Greg, <coughs> the, yeah. this, and that will they, that will prompt Hudson to make that call. And they just don't have that much time, though. You know, That's what my, <laughs> right, my, right, my right, question right. is, how much can you really have a back and forth with two guys this not week not with that lot. tempo? And you mentioned Drew Tranquil talking about... It seemed like he would, he was intrigued by your idea of having fewer checks, don't you think? He's like, yeah, you know, that might work. Yeah, really... he, he was getting like, yeah, screw it, just run the play. I, I like this. I, I like where your head's at, Samson. Um, so that's to me. I you don't whether you want to do it or not, you don't have a choice. You have to do that. You have to streamline stuff and not have everything be checked. You know, I'm on the number one, you're on the number two. But if the tight end's flexed, uh, you're on the three. If you're in the core, you're on the three. I, it would, it, it, the example the, was a just, killer. Just the way he explained yeah. it sounded confusing. You can't. I mean, that, and that's why they are where they are right <laughs> yes. now. I mean, that's why BBG's raking his lawn yeah. right now. I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. Tim? <laughs> he is. He's been doing some yard work here this, this week. You know, but Syracuse defense, 
is terrible. Um, so I think Notre Dame should be able to move the ball up and down the field. However, Syracuse is going to do the same. I mean, the fact that the over-under on this game is 74.5 seems like you know, easy thing, money to bet the over. It, 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 it does. The thing is about Syracuse, their, their yardage figures don't match their scoring figures. Mm-hmm. Their yardage figures are much better than their scoring figures. I don't have the rankings right here in front of me. but um, So they've had difficulty putting the football in the end zone. Notre Dame's defense has had difficulty not allowing everyone yeah, driving in the end zone. But BVG is gone, and so... Do those numbers carry over? That's why it's such a it's an impossible game to handicap because there's so many variables that we have no idea how they're going to work well, out. Well, it's like okay, Notre Dame to me. It's like the yardage can be twisted and you know altered and all that stuff. Really, it's to me, it's yards per play is what matters. Notre Dame is a hundred and fourth in yards per play allowed at six point one eight. There aren't a whole lot of teams worse than that among Power Five teams, but Syracuse is one of them. And they're at 6.39. So, yeah, there is just... I mean, if there should be 1,200 yards in this game. Well, thousands a gimme. Yeah. yeah, there was a 1,000 last week. Yeah, I mean, so if you said 1,101 yards, I would probably go over yeah, that. I would, too. Yeah, there, I, I agree. There was a 1,000 last week, and there was a lost possession to a 96-yard kick return. Yeah. what is? I mean, Louisville, I think, put 800 yards on them. 845. Oh, uh, and they took it easy. Yeah, they were they were, they rest, they were resting everybody. Lamar yeah. Jackson, what did you say? Lamar Jackson was he on several of his touchdowns, in, I mean not including the one where he jumped over the defender. He's he is virtually in a in a walk as he crosses yeah. the goal line. That's how easily he scored. I do want to say that let's not overreact whether positive or negative. As it relates to Greg Hudson this week, they're going to say to Lamar Jackson because I'm no, over, no, I'm no, overreacting no, no, to no, that. No, guy. Yeah, no, he's he's ridiculous. But if they play really well defensively, I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, let's not give I, all that. Cra- and if they play poorly, how much can a guy do in a week? I almost, in three days. I know there's two sides to everything, but I don't know if they play really well defensively against an up tempo offense. I will be impressed. No, but I wouldn't give all so, that. I wouldn't no, give all that no. credit to Hudson. I'd You're give right. it to Kelly and Elson, and, Elson and just and pull and, and yeah. Elliot too. I think Elliot's. I would. I mean, Elliot's job probably <clears throat> increases significantly yeah. this week. I would give inverse credit to Van Gorder. That's probably sure. what I would look at the most. Yeah, like if the defense really improves, that says more about Van Gorder than the coaches right. currently on the staff. Well, which is why, regardless what happens, it's still addition by subtraction because you had to move past. That's the Van Gorder. I mean that's the theory, and I feel like it's a sound, right. sound. Short term, it may short term, it may not do any good, yes. but still, it's addition by subtraction, long term. Yeah, um, you know, offensively, Notre Dame this week, relatively healthy. I thought it was interesting talking to Sean Kaiser about um, you know his involvement in the running game. That was something that I wanted to explore because I just I feel like he takes a lot of hits, and it was it was interesting to hear for me at least. Brian Kelly described where Deshaun should be in the running game because he sort of pushed back at my assertion that too many carries for Kaiser are affecting him later in the game as a passer, even though it's like you look at last week, he started, I think, 13 of 18 for 218 yards. I mean, he was torching Duke. And then as the carries started to accumulate, he wore down. Brian Kelly's position was more like, I just think that's lazy play calling. Uh, to have the quarterback run the ball as much as it's just too easy to let Kaiser just take it and run it. So I wonder if they're going to be more creative running the ball this week, maybe more two tight end type stuff, more end arounds. Um, Cause that's, it's pretty rare that I feel like Kelly will even like 
tangentially comment on offensive play calling, but I thought that was one of the instances that he did. Well, I would like to see. I mean, you know, we always put numbers on things, and then the game flows in this way, and the numbers are skewed. But, I mean, just as a general number, I'd like to see Josh Adams carry it 15 times and Dexter Williams get double-digit carries. Those are those should be your top two running backs. Those he will could, get double-digit carries yeah, this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those should be your top two rushers. Kaiser's a weapon in the running game. I'm not saying don't use that. And, and to your point, Pete, I don't know if necessarily each game he gets worn down, but over the course of four games into the season, yeah. now it has a cumulative effect. Yeah, I mean, what Kaiser's sitting there at 43 carries in four games. Josh Adams has four more carries than him. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, just, that's so, where I mean, the numbers do matter. He's, he's on yeah, pace for a 130-carry season. Like, he's not going to make it. Even at 235 That's pounds. about what he was last year, over, although over the like the last eight games, he was averaging 13 carries a game, so it was even more extreme. Yeah, that just I mean, <laughs> it doesn't strike me as something that is sustainable, even if he survived it in some ways last year. So, you know, more Adams, more Dexter Williams. Um, you know, even, look, Chase Claypool was somebody that was talked about last week as he's going to get more work, and then he didn't at all. So C.J. Sanders a couple jet sweeps. Does something you can spread the you can spread the load even if you're just spreading it at running back and it's Adams fifteen Williams ten Fulston eight that would be a, a better I think balance than what they've had so far so I'm I'm curious to see that on Saturday fewer reverses to the backup quarterback too those don't work or as so, as someone said you're not going to see that again <laughs> yeah that that will be a question for Brian Kelly because he did say ask me Thursday how Malik Zaire is doing wow. with being the backup. Which Boy, he was, could have just let that slide, and, yeah. and, and he, he chose he didn't. not to. Mine, he, he didn't. Mine was, by the way, not a shot at the backup quarterback there. That was the worst trick play, quote-unquote. Well, uh, you're it, throwing back. It's not a trick play when your quarterback is there, throwing back to a quarterback. There were 80,000 people. <laughs> that knew that it was happening. That knew it was happening on the second touch. Yeah. I mean, I on. literally didn't think that they could be that dumb, and I thought it was Torrey Hunter. <laughs> I was like, oh, Hunter again. This might, but that's why would you give it to a quarterback? sack? <laughs> I mean, for, <laughs> maybe to be slightly fair, Jordan Smith was wide open. He was play. wide open. And yeah. Malik yep. Zaire was like, I'm throwing it to Deshaun Kaiser. And Duke was like, no, you're not. Sack. <laughs> He's looking to uh, put out in front of Kaiser a little bit with the safety coming yeah. over, maybe. <laughs> lead, him into, <laughs> lead him into somebody. Um, you know, I guess other things you want to see this weekend the defensive line, do they rotate more? I don't know how many in. questions Brian Kelly got about playing more guys this week. Too many. Probably more questions than there are guys to actually play. I almost <laughs> tuned out on that because I was thinking how you're rotating against this team, but it was asked, and you you kind of brought it up afterwards, Pete. They can line rotate. The, yeah, by series. They line right, change. You're certainly not running guys in. You, it is the or, like, or Kelly said that you know if a play occurs near the Notre yeah. Dame sideline, you can do it then. Or you're just prepared that as soon as this plays over, boom, Jonathan Bonner, you're in there. Yeah, I would. I I guess I would like to see more of the by series. I agree. I think that. Or, yeah, that, I mean that it because Jonathan yeah, Bonner has to remember yeah. than the other way. Not only Jonathan Bonner has to remember as an example, but the guy's taken out has to remember to get the heck off the field when it's the third play of the first right. drive and, and all that's that. Gets, hard. That that's yeah. where the communication yeah, I mean, gets yeah. tricky. Who who are we going to see more of this weekend that we have not seen Blau. much of today? Blau yeah, because of the, because of the matchup. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. That was that's for defense. I like his speed. They they think they need him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're gonna see more Dante Vaughn. We yes. saw plenty of him in the second half. I think you'll see him be a pseudo start. I, I mean, Nick Coleman probably won't start this game. No. 
So I think you're going to have Dante Vaughn. Well, crazy. Julian Love will start, but I mean... The crazy thing... Dante Vaughn time... should, probably. Especially they need a 6-2 corner in this game. Desperately. Uh, yeah, because Desperately. in addition to Etta Tawa, they also have uh, uh, Ishmael, who's the same size mm-hmm. as Etta Tawa, So I think it'd be a good game for Dalen Hayes to play a lot more. Syracuse is not a power-running team at all, and their offensive linemen is, are bad. So he's not going to get in like really smash-mouth situations. I just want... I want their offensive linemen, I want people to look at this. They are <laughs> statues, man. They don't bend at the knees. They're so accustomed to pass blocking that they don't even bend their knees when they run block. Yeah. <laughs> so look for look for that. Now, Jay Hayes, the time yeah. for him to play was the last couple weeks. Both Hayes is his. Right. And now this week, this is not a great matchup for Jay Hayes, but obviously they're going to get him in the game. I mean, you could just, at, at a minimum, just beat up the offensive tackle for later in the game that you can take advantage of. I mean, what if they are three down? Then it's a pretty good matchup for Jay Hayes to be one of the ends. Well, that's true. And, you know, Syracuse's offensive line is beat up. They uh, Dino Babers gives no accurate information with regard to their uh, injuries in their depth chart. They played without three starters last week. They continue to, their center's been out. He's continued to list be listed as first team. Um, so I, I, this is a really, really difficult game to handicap as if the last couple weren't up for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, picks before we close out the segment one, O'Malley. Well, we have to start off here. Oh, yes, the formula. There is a Let's form- get back to the formula. Oh, of course. Is, is Eric Dungy starting or is the former walk-on quarterback? It doesn't matter okay. because they're both living and breathing. All right. And Zach Mahoney kept game close against Clemson and Louisville last year, so it does not matter. Which quarterback starts? We are beginning at three touchdowns, 21 points. Plus, I'm adding a point for 22 points for the mystery involved and what might happen at quarterback. Okay. Number two, head coach Dino Babers has faced ND actually on six occasions. Can you guys name some of those? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> three Purdue, I, Texas A&M, UCLA in 06. Interesting. He said he's got some... Uh, no, I had no got, clue yeah, I didn't know that. that either. I had to look it up. Wow. But because of that, I'm adding a touchdown. 29 points. <laughs> uh, they you are, don't need much of a reason <laughs> no. to add a touchdown. Well, number three is there's an up-tempo offense, so double that to 58 points. Neutral site, Brian Kelly, 12-4. and four, Much better than on the road. I would like to make that distinction because for some reason, Notre Dame doesn't like to accept that distinction. But yeah. he is 12-4 and four in neutral site games. Subtract 10 points, we're down to 48. The last time we went to the New Meadowlands, I lost my phone, if you recall. I do. I had a field goal, 51 points. The last time <laughs> the last time we went to the New Meadowlands, Tim, do you remember what happened on our flight? Uh, I do. We were very, very fortunate to make it because of what... what the, the Chicago fire in the right, airport. Right, exactly. We were the last two people to oh, get out of Detroit yeah. that day. I, I Priester was, uh, O'Malley on the. It's all it said was Priester O'Malley on standby. They got us on and got us out of dodge. I remember being stranded at O'Hare with Tony yeah. Alford for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we got we got a, good info on that. We got there. lunch out of it and it worked out pretty well. So subtract the whole touchdown because that was good. That was good for us. So we're down to forty-four <laughs> points. Greg Hudson, as Jack Freeman coined the phrase, will be putting the fun in fundamentals. I do think they'll be playing with a little more passion. And I had to get the word fun in for Priester. Down another touchdown, thirty-seven points, which is already better than last week. The last time BK started one and three, destroyed Boston College. Take a take away another touchdown. It's okay. down to thirty. Oh, then remember that Duke was the better football team last week on the field. Agreed. They didn't win in a fluke. Agreed. Add two touchdowns. It's up to forty-four. <laughs> it's a noon kickoff, and I have found out Notre Dame is not leaving early like they did for Pittsburgh to prepare for noon kickoff Uh-oh. last year. The, big, the great plan that, that everybody had. Great. You're adding a touchdown. They are at fifty-one points. Um, I checked in the New Meadowlands actually has a Pepsi gate, which does not bode well. 
for the concessions inside. I'm guessing it's not going to be Jerry Coke. A Coke. Cherry Coke. Tea yeah, but yeah I'm not, I don't think I'm, getting, ah. I don't think I'm getting my Cherry oh. Coke out of this deal. So add another nine points to that one. They have 60. <laughs> um, you know what? No Names really do for a win, and I liked a question on the board that said, is this kind of like Utah where they can turn their season around? Mm. This has to be like Utah, because if they don't beat Syracuse, who currently has 60 points according to this formula, they're going to be 1-6 going into the bye. If they beat Syracuse, they could, you could talk me into anything. I, I think they could play Stanford well if they beat Syracuse in this game. I think they'll have some confidence. I'm subtracting 40 points. I'm subtracting, excuse me, 20 points. I think they will play well because they absolutely cannot afford to lose this game. Syracuse has 40. And on the strength of a very good hold by Montgomery Van Gorder on a bad oh, snap, what a Notre, story. Dame what wins, a story. Notre Dame wins <laughs> the game on a Justin Yoon field goal 41-40. <laughs> wow. It's going to be a great game, everyone. Oh, I can't yes. wait. What do you got? Um, what do you got, Pete? Let me that, see you top yeah. that. Uh, let me look through my notes here. Uh, I've I, got one bullet point. I do like I like Notre Dame to win. I think it's going to be a game that offends the senses. Um, Notre Dame 48, Syracuse 42. I mean, I just... This is barely going to look like football at times. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, I like the over. I've been terrible on over-unders this year. I like the over. I think Notre Dame approaches 50 points. And then, you know, the other half. This is, this is where the problem is. I mean, it's the other half for crying out loud. Syracuse definitely scores in the 30s. I don't have as complex of a formula as O'Malley does. For some reason, I'm thinking Notre Dame covers, which is just stupid. I mean, is that stupid? <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame on yeah, the road, yeah, what do you call it? Is yeah. that a stupid thing yeah, to think? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you I'm thinking. still feel that way after we, I, we talk Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do right now. But, you know, I have until Friday morning before I drive to O'Hare to have the final pick. So that's when we'll have it. All right. Sigma Window Virus Illustrated Insider in the books. We've got a bunch of questions you might imagine. So we'll get into all that next in segment Irish Illustrated Insider is back for segment two, burning up the board, starting with Golden by name. What are your realistic expectations for this defense on Saturday? What would be considered a good day in terms of points against? Do you think the defense will have fun? you hold them, I mean, if you could hold them 34 and under, 30 to 34 points, I think Notre Dame should win the game. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if Syracuse doesn't score 30 points. Syracuse averages, by the way, for the record, 20 points per game. Right, so I'd be shocked if they don't score at least 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say just, I, I just want to see, like, not all the assignment errors that we see, yeah. like linebackers picking the wrong hole, safeties getting sucked into plays where they have, they have no business being sucked into, 12 men on the field. Um, the that Chinese fire drill look before snaps, like just get that if you can get that stuff out of the way, and then just make a few tackles. I mean, Syracuse has some good players. I I don't think there's no shame in giving up 20 points to Syracuse, but just cut out the missed tackles and the the mental mistakes. Like just just see what you get, how far that can take you. How many? I, I want to touch on this because I I kind of left out something I think is really important. A couple red zone stops, and that, I'm not being sarcastic at all. Make some tackles in the red zone and make them kick field goals because you'll probably win if they if Syracuse marches down there six times and you make them kick two field goals. You're in, you're well, in good shape. Believe it or not, Nevada and Duke 
had just one touchdown and three red zone appearances. Now, Texas and Michigan State more than made up for this. Yeah, yep. uh, but yeah, they have had a little bit of success doing that this year. And what was the what, the conversation with Tranquil about? You know, make a couple. You know, put them in a second and twelve, which yeah. is hard because it they is, get rid of the but, football so quickly. But if you, you know, they can't run Temple if it's second and twelve. Yeah, they're going to do. I mean, the average is at eighty six snaps. The, the Syracuse adds. There's yeah. going to be some missed tackles in space, but you got to get to the ball quickly. Someone's going to miss in space because it's just well. First of all, I mean, some of this, they've got a really uh, Mo Neal, I believe yeah. is his name, a really quick freshman running back. I mean, Edatawa is going to be tough to tackle one on one in these yeah. situations. But yeah. if, if you're if you're flowing to the yeah, let's see him flow to the ball. Going to miss some tackles, that's fine. Limit it and uh, get off the field. Just got to get off the field. Funnel everything back inside. Syracuse, 91st in the country in red zone conversion. Okay, so it's a good good matchup. 54%. It's a good matchup for Nordian. Vic Irish won. What two changes would each of you make to Indy football going forward to help make it it great again? Hmm. I mean, I would it, I would go hire Dave Aranda. Yeah, I was going to say the defensive coordinator. That. that defensive coordinator hire is the most important thing for the Brian Kelly era right now. Going forward. yes, yeah, yeah. That's, Otherwise, there's what's the point, right? Like you have to start. With, so that would be that would be my answer to both of them. Those are the two things I would do: hire a good defensive coordinator and hire a good defensive coordinator. <laughs> I I mean, I'd like to see him work out a three four front, but as I've said for thirty five years. If you're coordinated well and you have good right. players and you have them where they need to be, you can run out of whatever front you want to run out of. And because we know how uh, coaching hires go, it's going to be more simple defense, aggressive and fun from now on. And probably college, 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 college style. And probably college a three-man front and as well. Front. Yeah. Yeah. No right. mustache. All right. <laughs> no. Irish, how would you guys anticipate the defense to change schematically on Saturday? It's a tough game to change due to the tempo offense Syracuse runs. I mean, I don't know if we're reading too much into it, but I think you might see some three-down fronts. Just getting more speed on the field. Now, now that makes sense it, against it this does. opponent. I against know. Texas, it doesn't. No, it against didn't. this opponent, it does. Yeah, well, Texas had three 250-pound right. backs in the backfield, and this team wants to throw it fast. I think you're you're almost... Look, Notre Dame doesn't get there with a four-man front. It's not like you have the 2012 four-man front where you're like, no, we're not switching. We're just going out with our four guys. They're not going to get there with their four. Maybe you better have another linebacker out there. Uh, definitely. Yeah, could make an argument for that. I mean, it's uh, Tim. I thought you made up, made up a good point with uh, Bilal playing more. Just you know, get a little yeah. bit faster yeah. at that position. That seems reasonable. <coughs> Buffalo Irish one. Will Greg Hudson have any contact with recruits? If not, do you expect Brian Kelly to take a more hands-on approach with defensive recruiting? We're getting are we we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I mean, Pete, you might be in a better position to answer this. I mean, he's got enough on his plate right now. In the short term, him dealing with recruits is should be really down the priority list for him. I'll ask you this, Pete. He has to be involved in a couple weeks, right? Because he's going to have to talk to him. Yeah. The yeah, Stanford week. You, you can avoid it for two weeks, and then the okay. Stanford week is huge. You can't just hide your defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, honestly, to get back to an earlier question about what are two things I would change about the program, I would hire a good defensive coordinator, and I would demand Brian Kelly be more involved in recruiting. I mean, that's those would be the two things. So... I, I'm less interested in Greg Hudson being involved because you don't know if he's going to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't see a whole lot of upside there. Brian Kelly should be here, um, so right. Brian Kelly should be the one who really takes a get, gets more but Hudson, in like, the weeds with recruiting. Well, I agree with that, but to Tim's point, you can't hide Hudson. Yeah, you've got, no. you've just got to, you know, this no, is I'm, our coordinator. You win these two games, you certainly trot him out there. You don't win them, maybe you do. Hudson. Greg, yeah. recruit, recruit, Greg. Greg. I mean, that's yeah. it. it 
Honestly, I don't know how much different that would be than Van Gorder yeah. was. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Well, no, there's real, there's real, real truth to that. Yeah. His name Greg. rarely, <laughs> rarely came up in in recruiting. ND zero two five eight seven six eight three seven five three zero nine. What's your four game assessment of McGlinchey and Nelson? We heard these were two eventual first round picks. If so, why are they not taking over in the running game? I think they've been pretty good. You know, I, 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 they're victims of their own expectations, and I'm talking about our expectations of like them. Like Kaiser. And yeah. their expectations of themselves. Um, I don't think they've been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but um, have they been, you know, two superheroes on the left side of the offensive line? No. Um, that, has, that hasn't happened, and I really couldn't give you a good reason for that. It seems like everything is not quite functioning the way that we thought that it would. Um, McGlinchey and Nelson included. Will they still be two first-round picks? Pretty good chance of that, too. Yeah, I do think, uh, I think if you're drilling down, that Nelson maybe has played a little. I mean, has played better than McGlinchey. I think McGlinchey's adjusting to life on the left side still a little bit. He hasn't been Ronnie Stanley. We kind of, maybe it wasn't fair to think he would be right away going over there. Um I thought these two, I, I did think these two, it, it's a valid question. I, I think people are thinking they're playing badly because Notre Dame's not running the ball well, but it's a valid question. They're not mauling people like we thought they would, right? It's fair to say that they're not just going out there and it's third and two, let's go run behind these guys and we'll be fine. That's what you do with Watt and Zach Martin, right? I mean, to the point where Notre Dame's offensive coach, Chuck Martin, was one of them just kind of laughing, saying, yeah, we may run to the right side this year now that we don't have Watt and Martin. I mean, they acknowledged how strong they were on yeah. one side, and I, I don't know, I, I think they're fine. Uh, I think they're pretty good, and I think they can be better. I, I do think that, and I'm not going to say he's played his way into this, I don't think we got to keep assuming McGlinchey's leaving anymore after this. No. As Pete has said, if it was good enough for Zach Martin, it might be good enough for yeah, you to stay for five think, years. I think, yeah, I think McGlinchey's a pretty practical guy, yeah, and I, I think he'll too. understand that. I, I also think that we we get caught up in this first round thing because yeah. of Zach Martin and Ronnie Stanley, and, and we're guilty with everybody else that has said it, you know, just to assume first round. <laughs> like when when Quentin Nelson comes out, believe me, the NFL is going to want that guard. Now guards don't they aren't picked you know in the first round as readily as tackles are. So where it comes, I don't know. But I I mean I think we're all still pretty confident that when he comes out, he's going to be one of the best guards in the draft. And McGlinchey, he probably needs another year. He's yeah. only been he's this is only his second year of starting, and I don't think he would be afraid to admit that. And come back for a fifth year. I don't think so either. He has a good head on his shoulders, and I think he wants to. He's still, uh, I mean, yeah. he's still monstrous. He's oh, still yeah. athletic for a guy his size. He still has a chance to be, if not a first-round draft choice, very early in the draft. I mean, yeah, you can look at all five starters back on next year's offensive line and two surefire future pros back on next year's offensive line. That's not a bad place for Notre Dame yep. to be. And for ND Irish, how many snaps will Jerron Jones see on Saturday? Florida State game 2014, you'd have thought he was way on his way to being a high draft pick. I agree. Now, if you watch him, he seems to be getting pushed around. Is the injury still bothering him? Kelly makes it sound like he isn't giving effort on a consistent basis. Um, I would say he would fall in the group that got called out for not playing with enough passion um, against Duke. And we've been talking about it on the podcast that there were going to be some games where Jerron and Tillery just didn't have their A games ready to go. And last week was one of them. Um, I'm not sure I've seen Jerron have his A game ready to go, though, uh, this year. You know, he had the pick against Nevada. Okay. Um, 
you know, Tillery has shown me something. Like, I've seen progress with Tillery. With Jerron, I just feel like he's a rotation guy. Um, but I, I agree with the question <coughs> against Florida State. He was freaking an animal. And he's the best, well, maybe the best player in the field that day. Yeah. It was incredible. It included we, Fuller and Jameis Winston and Jalen Smith. They just, he just has not been able to recapture that form. What the reason is for that, I don't know. Two injuries since, right? That's both injuries, both injuries since to a 315 pound guy on knee and foot. That hasn't helped. Uh, it's not all injury. Obviously, John Jones would be better than he is, but maybe he can't be that good again because he was a force. And that's Florida State's. Line too. It's not like it was. Oh, remember that time he played well against Nevada? It was. Yeah. It, it was something else. Deron Jones has never been a consistent player. He's never been a guy that played with consistent passion. He is who he is. I mean, he's massive. It's unbelievable to stand next yes, to Deron Jones. Just how just how much of a physical presence he is. But he is who he is, and you know we can criticize it. Whatever. That's who he is. Fortunately. Daniel Cage has emerged. It is a good tandem with him. And so, therefore, I don't think it... I mean, you've got the tandem. You're not going to go solo with one guy for 80 snaps at nose tackle. You don't have to. Uh, you know, next year, maybe mm. Mockwell gets involved. Does next he, year, maybe Darnell Yule gets involved with Daniel Cage. Does Mockwell get involved this game? Is he one of the guys that well, they should play? I mean, I don't... Uh, well, with this fast pace, I don't... I just I don't, need a Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know about that. I mean, I... I, I you know, you... He he probably should have gotten a look. He, he, we saw some flashes against Nevada, but what does it mean in the fourth quarter? I don't know. But that's where they are with Jones and, and uh, Cage, and it's a tandem. Rational Domer. <laughs> Haven't the upper echelon program shown that <coughs> Excuse me, there is a consistent, and it doesn't change every year, identity to a program, meaning not the team, and they recruit and coach to that every year? For years, we learned that consistency in the head coaching ranks we yearn for consistency in the head coaching ranks, and now we have it. In some ways, it seems to be we're reinventing a new identity every year. Am I being too dramatic? I think it's a Stanford question, isn't it? <laughs> I just wrote down Stanford. It absolutely is. Yeah. I, know, I, I love a coach that there's, – there's two thoughts on this for me. I love a coach that uh, coaches to his talent and changes things because of what he has on hand. I will say there is probably a, somewhat of a failure if you're in year seven – that you just haven't recruited to your exact specifications of what kind of offense you want to run. Somewhat's being generous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Though, like, if you come into a situation, you're like, I'm running this, I'm running this, I'm running this, that's not good coaching. You're right. You have but to I, adjust. But, but now, I, offensively, I think they have recruited to exactly what they want to do. And they, you can see the guys they bring in, how they fit, the roles that they play. Like, there's, there is, to me, at least, a clear identity about who they are offensively. Is that... The best offense in the country, no. Um, but look, there, there's a reason that they can plug in any quarterback and yeah. be successful. And it's not just the quarterback and the quarterback coaching. It's the whole ethos that they have on that side of the ball. Defensively, it's a freaking grab bag. Right. Um, and if, I feel like Notre Dame has been stuck this way for decades, plural. Um, it just feels like they... Uh, that, didn't, that didn't work. Let's try this. Let's go to the 4-3. 3-4. 3-4. It just feels all over the place. Um, and by year seven, you should you should be able to have some kind of coherence. I, I, I want your guys' opinion on this. Kelly was talking about <clears throat> the other day about defenses that, uh, you know, he said, now we're going to run more the kind of defense that I like when he said that, you know, it's going to be, they're going to follow my lead. What, what does that mean to you? 
it why weren't you doing this before? Yeah, right? yeah that's, that's what that's what it means. Well, I mean, but what what kind of defense is that? Because you remember the other day I said, well, that sounds to me like you're talking about Bob Diaco style yeah, of defense. Yeah, I think you are. Which he and dis which he kind of disavowed. He at can't the, say yes. Well, I understand. That's I understand. A great question that he can't say yes to. Yes, please come back, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After he talked about Atatawa and how he defended him, like, what are you doing next week? Yeah, um, yeah but Atatawa. Hey, Diaco plays tonight. There's no reason he can't be in the Meadowlands on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's a great break in scheduling. I, but I, I agree with what you're saying, Priester, about yeah. When if there's a the defense I like to play, if there if such a thing exists, it is just keep the points down. Yeah, hang on, that's it. I don't need big right, plays because I don't need that's sacks, what he did. That's what he did picks. with Diaco at Cincinnati because he knew he had a high-powered offense. Mm-hmm. And then when he lost Diaco, he said, "Well, this is kind of the defense that I always said we were going to evolve to with BBG. The defense of the future." And it was yeah, and it was a <laughs> god. It was an absolute. After five games, it was an absolute disaster. It was thirty games of disaster. <laughs> First five games. That's what I'm saying. Five. Oh, you're right. Twenty five. Twenty five games of disaster. Okay, twenty. Okay, okay, right. Five and twenty five. Yeah, it was a rough twenty five. That's for sure. Wash ND is the Syracuse game akin to Utah in 2010 in that it will be a breaking slash turning point for the season and could more be at stake for Kelly in terms of job security. I mean, if I really believe if they don't win this game, they will be one and six going into the bye. Do you think they're going to go win on the road, which they don't often do? Oh, four gate or being one and four, and then do you think they'll beat Stanford without any confidence whatsoever? Uh, probably not. It doesn't mean they'll beat Stanford if you win this game, but I certainly have a lot of hope for Notre Dame next week at in Raleigh if they win this game. They have to beat Syracuse for me to think they can beat NC State. Notre Dame 2016, <laughs> hope in Raleigh. Hope in Raleigh. <laughs> well, Utah was 15th in the country when they beat them. I mean, I have a, I, I get the point of of equating the two. Um. I don't know. Come on, man! You got to take this is Syracuse for crying out loud. I mean, you got you, 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 you got to go. Game. Yeah, you got to go they, there. They and have win. to win this. He's, he's got a point. They absolutely. Do you really think they're going they to win one of the next two games week. if they don't beat Syracuse? They had to win last no. week. <laughs> you know what? Though it wasn't that fun of a week. But practice. Next week, yeah. they really <laughs> have to win. Um, I they you paid talk, so much attention to detail they couldn't have any yeah. fun last week. The Utah comparisons on the surface, I think, feel ish sort of right um but when you drill down a little deeper that was a rebuilding team kelly was still trying to put his stamp on the program tommy reese was making was, his yeah uh first, <laughs> first start, start. Yeah. yeah they had a buy they had a buy week. they buy they're coming off tulsa and navy which is way worse than michigan state yeah. and duke uh and also you knew nobody was going to get fired after the year yeah this is a little bit more people are hanging on our coaches looking around at each other. Am I going to be here? Are you going to be here? Is Brian Kelly going to be like? There's. It feels like there's a lot more at stake Saturday than the Utah game. Even if that Utah game did mark sort of a turning point in terms of that. That's when Bob Diaco's defense sort of really arrived. Yes, and you felt like okay from that point forward they played good defense until he got the Connecticut job. Yeah. I don't see how that there any similarity could happen with. Well, Greg Hudson is here. Now they're going to play good defense for the next. Yeah, three I don't either. But the, but the point by Washington is, is is valid. They have to win. Yeah, they but they had to win last week too. Thunders asked, "Do you think Kelly got too comfortable? He almost seemed on cruise control in August, like he had it all figured out. Two quarterbacks, no problem. The defense will be fine. Then the Texas game blew up in his face, and he knew, and the team knew 
they were in trouble? That's a good question because one of my biggest issues or criticisms of, of what's happened this year is like, what were you doing in August? Like, what was summer about? What was spring practice about? Because to to the notion that he couldn't have seen any of this coming, I I find hard to believe. I mean, he hit, he would have hit it really well from all of us. That's what's so astonishing about the three three five against Texas. Yeah. I mean, at what point did you sign off on that yeah, crap that you had, or that you had a first round pick at quarterback and Malik Zaire, and you couldn't tell them apart? That that's hard for me to get my head around. Um, so. Did Kelly get too comfortable, or did he just misread it, or did he know this was going to happen and hit it? I tend to lean more towards he really misread the situation, um, and I don't think he does that a lot. We give him a lot of credit when they make something out of nothing, but I feel like he's made almost nothing out of something. I think I agree with you, but if they beat Texas, I think they'd be 3-1 and one right now, and we wouldn't have this conversation. You, does, you know, I, I really, no, I, agree. I really, I mean, that's, like, that's how fine the line is. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're 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 a bad defensive team and a good offensive team, and they haven't gotten a break at all on the on defense when they needed one. They don't make their own breaks. They, I mean, they deserve to be one and three for sure. I get, but I mean, don't you look at it from the standpoint like, okay, we're at Texas, it's double overtime. Texas has a ball. Tyrone Soups fumbles a snap, snap, and kicks it through the end zone, and Notre Dame wins. Would Notre Dame really be any better? They'd have a better... No, because I think they'd beat Duke. they just look better. They would look yeah. better. Maybe 3-1 and one and number but 12, they, so it helps. The record, the, record, <laughs> yeah. the record would be better. Yeah. But, like, I feel like the same fundamental issues would so, still be there. So you'd be setting yourself up for the fall, right. maybe at NC State or Stanford, right. Miami at home. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now you're more prepared for it. Yeah, there, there's no papering over the problems that you have. So maybe that, in, in a really twisted sense... Maybe this is a good thing because it forces Brian Kelly to address something he kind of didn't really want to address with the defense. There's, there's no, <laughs> there is no hiding from it now. He knows it. Jack Swarbrick knows it. Everyone knows it. And I think if if Tyrone Soups boots that ball through the end zone, or Duke's kicker has that field goal block and it gets returned for a touchdown, and Notre Dame is three and one, Brian Kelly will be like. We're finding ways to win, guys. Like, we're three and one. Why can't people be happy? We're, we're finding resilient. ways to win. My favorite part of this is the only way Notre Dame was going to beat Texas is if Swoop somehow kicks the ball through the end zone. It's not like if Notre Dame gets a defensive stop, it's no. Yes, Swoops just loses the ball and kicks it forward. And then they could have won. Next thing you know, it's a Jack Swarbrick intervention. Yeah. Statman72, will Kelly slow down? Will Kelly slow down NZ's offense to give the defense more rest? Or, or will he feel compelled to more closely match Syracuse's pace in an attempt to win a high-scoring game? I tell you what, if Brian Kelly were to give an answer, uh, this would be the best question to ask tonight because I don't know. It's an interesting question. At Cincinnati, he sometimes, he, one of his first interviews with us, he said, I knew we needed 40 points to win a game, so we went at it. We were trying to score. He said, North Carolina, we needed to score over 40. He knows he needs to score some points in this game, but really, you do, how much do you want to put your defense out there? So I think he will try to manage the game more than speed it up. Hmm. A lot of onside kicks, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, no, like long drives, not, yeah. not tempo. Score, onside kick, score, yeah. onside kick, score, <laughs> onside kick. I, I think that he will be more inclined to slow, slow it down, um, to run the ball more. Maybe that gets back to the Adams 15 carries, Dexter Williams 10 carries, Torian Fulston, eight carries. Kaiser, eight carries. Um, that would be a way to do it, to get over 40 carries in the game. I think that would be a 
sensible approach to Syracuse because then you can give your defense some rest. You don't have to play all these new guys. And you can give them some time to actually regroup on the sidelines because their head is really probably going to be spinning for a good part of Saturday. I don't know that you have to go into this game thinking, slow the pace. Just run the damn football. Just run, right? I mean, just run run the (laughs) football. You're not bleeding the clock. Is that the bird? Yeah, right. You don't have to think bird here. Just run the football. You've got this is the kind of game, I think I said this against Nevada, and I was off because I am off every week (laughs) in 2016. But. You could have two 100-yard rushers in this game if you yeah. really want. If, I mean, if you want to, I don't even want to say slow the pace. Just control the tempo. And as both you guys said, it then protects your defense, gives them a chance to, you know, get their bearings and not be running around at, at breakneck pace all day. Just run the football. You're capable of doing it. This is on the offensive line. That will control your tempo for you. So if you've been paying attention at home over the last four weeks, we have just guaranteed 55 passes from Kaiser. <laughs> and uh, it'll be the low, low th- total of the Kelly era, think, 24 rushes. I mean, you, yeah, you'd think in a seventh year of Brian Kelly that I would have a little better feel for how he's going uh, to approach it. But you're Ky- absolutely yeah, right. He it'll doesn't be, know this year either. Be, yeah, Deshaun Kaiser with 55 <laughs> attempts and Notre Dame wins 17-12. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for Irish Illustrated Insider. We will talk to you very early Saturday morning uh, with our pregame instant analysis from MetLife Stadium uh, in New Jersey, postgame instant analysis, of course, and then cover the actual game too. Notre Dame-Syracuse, obviously a lot on the line as we've talked about today. So until Saturday, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. Thanks for listening to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm shouting, hey, hey. I never